Hi, Jake, and welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me on here, Mayan. Thank you. Great, great. Well, for the people who don't know you, I'd love to hear a bit of a you know background of uh, of your career and what led you to Lead Cookie. Yeah, so today I run Lead Cookie, which is a done-for-you LinkedIn lead generation service. And uh, I got to this stage because basically I used to run my own agency. We were actually a video production and animation company. And uh, my business partner was like the genius one who did all of the amazing work. And then uh, I, got, I was really one that went out and sold and marketed us. And so I got us clients like Hyundai and Fidelity Investments and um, a bunch of A-list touring artists and everything. And I was kind of like the head of sales for everything. And after eventually kind of split with my partner and left that, I went out and for many years, I was consulting, helping other agency owners on sales and business development. And then um, after doing that for several years, somewhere along the lines, I kind of came across um, Lead Cookie and this idea of actually building something you know bigger and actually uh, more scalable on LinkedIn. And that is what led it to Lead Cookie and uh, where we are today. And uh, there's a ton of failures and missteps in that story, but that is like the high level highlight reel of my career background and how I got to where we are today with Lead Cookie. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I have to say it's really great that you know you 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 know you work a lot on I guess your personal brand, and it's so nice to hear you know to read some of your blog posts because there's some great success and some you know failure that you're just happily there sharing with with people. So you know that's that's really um, that's really great that you're you're so open with your audience really, and I guess you know. All of that content that you're creating for yourself, you know, for your personal brand, like how do you manage, you know, all of creating the podcast that you do, creating blog posts, as well as, you know, managing lead cookie? Like how, how does, do you ever sleep? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's, uh, it is a compounding thing over time. Like it, if like, if someone like just gets up tomorrow and decides to start trying to create content and they try to go and do a podcast and a daily blog and like a weekly article and like the newsletters, like you're gonna like just crash and burn and it's crazy. And, but like, this is like compounded over years to where like my podcast, like I started that I think three years ago and like, I haven't even been totally consistent with it. I took breaks for like eight months at a time in that. But eventually, like I got that in flow, and like, and the thing is that, like, so like, that's basically the first piece is I get like one piece at a time. I started to create the content, so like I first started blogging. Eventually, I added the podcast. Eventually, I did like the daily blog posts and like um, that are like they're like under twelve hundred characters. They're really short, and I added those piece by piece. And a big part of this and what enables this all is I only create the content. I don't actually publish any of it. So I've got my team that literally they open up Evernote, they take all the daily blogs and they put those out there. Um, I've got podcast editors who take that, they edit the audio, they get the show notes, they put it all on my website. The same with my blog posts, I put it in Evernote, they literally just go and they put it onto my website. So that's like, it's building the habit, but it's also getting everything that is not the actual creative part off of my plate, which enables me to actually create that amount of content. Yeah, that's amazing. That's great. And what do you find has been like the impact of having a podcast for you? The podcast has been insane. That is like uh, about a year and a half ago. This was probably more than, it might be two years old now, but there's a there's an article on my blog called like Grow Your Agency Through Podcast Networking uh, or something along those lines. 
And uh, at the time I wrote that, this was before Lead Cookie existed, I realized that over 50% of my consulting was a direct, directly from my podcast in some way, shape, or form. So it was like either, you know, the guests of my podcast hired me, they introduced me to someone, they were like referral partners, like, or they like brought me onto their podcast because I interviewed them. Um, but like so much of it at that point was just like because of my podcast, so all like my consulting. And then even now with Lead Cookie, I just like recently put up a new article where I think it's like 68.56% of our business comes from my personal brand in a majority of that. I mean, there's like content that ranks on Google and stuff, but a large portion of that, again, is through really the podcasts and the relationships that I built with all of the other influencers and stuff, which has helped kind of drive all of those leads and everything. So it is... It is, uh, I always tell people like podcasting, the content is a great piece, but it's also like systematic networking while you happen to build a valuable content asset along the way. So uh, there's just so many pros to it. I, I can't recommend it enough for people. Yeah, that's that's amazing. And, you know, you you also, um, I guess you do this mentorship with, uh, with Alex from uh, WP Curve. And so that has always, I guess, also been something that's helped you a lot growing, I guess, within your business, within your personal brand. Can you tell us a little bit about 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 that? Yeah. So I was consulting and like, you know, I you know, was doing decent and consulting and stuff, but I like I knew I wanted to build an actual scalable business again. And literally like I basically hired Alex as a coach from day one of Lead Cookie. And it has been one of the best things I ever did. Just like it leveled me up as an entrepreneur in every way. And so for pretty much the first six months of Lead Cookie, I worked with Alex, met with him weekly, and just like changed my perspective. It was just like getting completely reschooled on business, um, working with him. Took a break for a while as I like, you kind of hit a point where like, you just kind of like need to execute for a while and there's not that many things to learn. So I took a break for a while. Then eventually picked back up and um, in this mastermind with Pietro now um, where we're doing this again. And again, it's just like once again, accelerating this as I'm facing totally different challenges than where I was at about a year ago. So uh, it has been a game changer and just completely leveled me up as a businessman. So definitely it helps so much to have someone like that in front of you who can guide you along the way. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, you wrote a really interesting uh, blog post. I think it's your latest one that just came out with all the the learnings that you've uh, you know you've you've gathered um, from you know spending your time with him from the beginning of Lead Cookie to where you're at now. And I guess uh, you know the question would be, you know, what what would you say to people who are hesitant about getting a coach for various reasons, whether it's value, cost, time? Yeah, like it's. I can just pull like a uh, like a lesson from Alex on this, where he's always like you're going to pay for it one way or another is like one of the things that like Alex brought up and like, he'll, he'll bring this up in a lot of ways. Like whenever you're like considering whether you should invest in someone. So it's like, I haven't hired someone to help me on sales right now for lead cookie. And I'm hitting a point where I'm a bottleneck for sales and I literally have an availability problem to even take sales calls and it's hurting our sales. And so it's like, I'm paying for this in terms of opportunity cost of like not growing quick enough Versus, you know, I might have paid for it in profitability if I had hired a little sooner earlier before I had this problem. And so it's the same thing with like, like coaching. It's like you, you know, you might save money and you might have some more profit in the short term, 
um, by not hiring a coach. But in like the long term of things, like you're going to just grow and level up and produce a much better and more profitable business. And like I'm, I've become a huge believer, like since investing with Alex, that like investing in yourself is like you are the number one like asset. Um, I invest a ton of stuff with Alex. I invest in like these other programs, um, like Wake Up Warrior. I just signed up for Seth Godin's Alt MBA, and like I find that the more I spend on myself the more I produce. And it's like this idea even comes from like some of the warrior stuff I study that you are your number one asset. And like, if you look at, you know, most people like try to go put their money into like stocks or something like that. If you like think about that, you like you put your money on stocks and you're going to get like, you know, maybe like a five to 10% return a year versus like, what's the return if you were to take that $5,000 you were going to put in stocks and invest that in a training program or a coach that's going to help you level up. Like all I know is Alex like leveled me up and got me to literally over like triple my income. And so it's like such an investment and it becomes skills that you have and you can consistently keep building and growing on. So basically like invest in yourself is what I'm saying. It's like so worth it. And it's such uh, a valuable change. So. Yeah, and it's really fueling your drive at, at the end, and that's that's great, right? Like like you said, you know, there's so many moments of failure, and sometimes it's it's about the learning of it, but also you know having someone that can sort of like you know sounding board kind of thing, and and that really helps as well. And what were the criteria uh, for you to choose a coach? Yeah, for me, it was I really wanted someone. Um, who had done what I was going to do before. Like there's, there's so many coaches out there who like, I remember I, I put out an email about like a business failure and I had this guy reach out to me about business coaching and he had inquired about lead cookie services at one point. And I know from his inquiry form, he is a business coach making under a hundred thousand a year. And then he like reaches out to me about coaching me on business. And I'm just like, why would I, why would I work with a coach is like not even making a hundred thousand a year to like try to grow my business. Like, it's just absurd, but like, there's so many people, like anyone out there can like call themselves a coach. But like, my whole belief is like, you like find people who have done what you want to do. Like, you know, Alex wasn't like out there putting himself even as a coach. When I hired him, I was just like, he's just this guy who had built an awesome business. And I was like, Hey, can I like, please like, find a way to work with you and like he wasn't like marketing himself he just recently put up a website in any capacity after doing this for years Mm -hmm. and so like just finding people who have done what you want to do um, that's how i look for coaches i don't look to try to like google a coach or something like that because anyone who's in that game they're like making their business mostly out of coaching as opposed to actually building businesses. So I just try to find people who have done what I want to do and I approach them. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. And then I guess, you know, based on your experience working with, you know, agencies and consultants, what's the biggest obstacle that you see to scaling? Yeah, I think the biggest thing and like it's such a hard thing for like agency owners or consultants and is to like build something that doesn't require your expertise. Uh, like that is so hard <laughs> to like actually do because like you don't realize a lot of times until you start to try to scale like how much inherent value you bring like that is impossible to hand off. Like I mentioned 
like today a lead cookie were over 60,000 a month and I'm still doing all of our sales calls because I realized I was like, man, I'm like, actually like, I'm not just doing the sales calls. I'm like setting the initial like course of the client's strategy and choosing who our right clients are. So like the sales call is actually like a rather skilled, almost like consultative call. And I'm like, gosh, like even at the level we're at, I'm like still like have kind of like bottlenecked myself into this. Uh, <laughs> and like, and so that, and like, that was like one thing that um, the time, like I failed many times in scaling stuff up before. And every time it was because like, I thought I had something scalable, but then I didn't realize like, really it was like still tied too much to my own like skill sets or my own expertise. And so when I would try to bring in other people, it would just like fall apart or the results would not be nearly as good as if I had done it myself. Mm-hmm. And so figuring out how to build a service and to build systems and frameworks that can deliver that result without you being directly involved, like that is, that is a hard thing to do. And so that's, that to me, that that's one of the hardest parts of scaling, especially for anyone who comes from the agent, like the small agency or the consultative background where you're used to being the one doing all of the work or doing the client strategy is to pull yourself out of that. Sure, sure. So I guess now you're in the process of eventually slowly handing that off to someone else is, is I guess, the the hope. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh yeah, so for me like this like sales role is like the final thing. Like I I've I eventually I handed off account strategy so someone else does all of our scripting, uh all of our campaigns and again that was like a long training process, but I got someone up to it. And on this final piece, I'm actually basically looking at hiring another guy who's or who's been running a cold email agency and he's like kind of been his own consultant and basically hiring him to take over the sales calls because he, he runs killed campaigns. He knows he kind of can like strategize those as well. So that's kind of um, where I am in the process of. So that's like literally something I'm working through at the moment, but that's yep. just another challenge of just like the tying your own expertise into things. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then I guess in terms of hiring, like how does that work for you? Um, you know, there's, you have various needs within lead cookie and how do you find the right people? Is it, by references? Is it how, how, you know, do you have website that you look into? So how does that work for you? Yeah. So um, anyone can go and take like basically just like steal our hiring process. If you just go to like our website and then go to the bottom where it says we're hiring. But I have this process that is called, I think like the gauntlet is like, it was called in like the blog post I got it from. But basically it's like an eight step application that has tons of ridiculous criteria of like, like they have to like put this on thing on a Google doc and then they have to like upload this video to Dropbox. The first word of their video has to be the word moist and the last word has to be toodaloo. <laughs> so like, it's like, it's like really obscure and like they have to send like a 30 second or shorter funny video, but it's basically like it's this process that's full of tons of little Easter eggs that would be really easy to screw up. Mm-hmm. So there's like tons and tons of small details and we put that in there. So that like we can just basically go through and just like you open up most of the applications and you don't even have to watch the video or look at anything. You can just eliminate about 80% of them because they didn't catch all the details. Mm-hmm. And so that's like one piece of it. And also like because we just ask people to give us a Google Doc, but we don't say anything about what the Google Doc needs to look like. You actually get to tell a lot about a person like do they just like throw a bunch of crap on a Google Doc or do they like format this and make it look nice and follow the instructions? So 
that helps us really narrow down the application to where we're hardly even doing that in many interviews. And then like that is like the kind of like base level detailed piece. And then what we'll often do is we'll add into the mix of that. Like uh, if like we're looking right now, I'm looking to hire a, a content strategist. And so in the job application, I'm also going to make a step of that. Here's a blog post. Can you please write like three like social pieces based off of this blog post to like help promote it on social media as if you were to share this on LinkedIn. So like give someone a, a small work test if you mm -hmm. need to test like an intangible skill like that. But like the detail oriented thing is just like that's never a bad trait in someone. So uh, <laughs> like I just kind of put that in place and it helps me really get to people that I know can follow instructions really well. Yeah, that's awesome. And I guess once you hire people, so how, you know, how does it work? Do you have a, you know, SOPs in place um, that people can follow? And I guess a follow up question is at which point in your business did you decide to put processes in place? Because I, I guess, you know how it is, you start your business and things change all the time. So how does that work for you? Yeah. So early on, and this is like a thing from Alex, uh, early on, he calls like the first 90 days of anything like the shakeout. Mm -hmm you're just kind of figuring out a lot of things and like you're probably going to end up switching whatever software tools you're using or like change up your processes because like stuff will break as you actually do start to scale. And so like early on, we didn't document a ton of stuff in like those first 90 days because like so much changed. And then as soon as we started to like get things in place or we started to like be like, okay, we're gonna have to like retrain this thing over and over again, we, we started to definitely document stuff. One thing that... Um, what we've we've kind of come to learn is that uh, over time, and I picked this up from uh, Mike McCallowitz's book Clockwork, is just like quick video recordings are actually a lot of times better than SOPs. Like SOPs are good when you've got a lot of steps to go through and like a bigger process, but often we'll just do like a video recording and pair that with like an SOP. Mm -hmm. But videos are like where I'd say like 80% of our processes live these days. Um, we use the tool useloom.com and we just like record really quick screen capture videos. We'll toss that on basically like a Trello card in our playbook um, or just document that in like a Google Doc somewhere with like the high level steps. But like that's, we're doing a lot of that these days and a lot less like writing everything out. Um, there are some things we definitely write out. Um, like for example, like our client processes, like where it's like, hey, here's the steps to run connection requests or how to run like drip messages. Like we create like SOP templates that we duplicate and then reuse for all of our customers. Mm -hmm. um, so anytime like a process is going to be like used and morphed a bunch, we create a lot of templates and build off of those. But a lot of the stuff we did just gone through like basic video training and we don't like try to over document every little piece of it. Yeah, well, that's cool. Cool, cool. And I guess just to get back to your um, sales skills, um, I have a quick question for you. So what would you suggest to, you know, what would be your advice, I guess, uh, for someone, you know, that's having a hard time closing on, on, a, on a sales call? So do you have any tricks or tips for that? Yeah, the, the biggest thing, like, and I was thinking about this um, earlier today for some reason, but like, the, the sales calls and like closing is like kind of like when, if you're trying to think like, how do I get my close rate up? Like, it's almost like you're coming at this from like the wrong angle. I remember, yeah, I had a buddy who um, actually just um, closed on our service recently. 
And he's a guy I've been in a community with. We actually just went to a live event in December. And like I talked to him and like I was like, oh yeah, we have a client similar to you that we're doing really well with, like and stuff. And I shared all this. And then he like waits like two months and he reaches out to me and he's like, Man, like, I don't know why I haven't reached out to you sooner, but like, you know, like I, I just know it'll work really well for me based off of like everything you said and like and he's just like coming to me like and just like ready to buy, but I have at no point like pushed him toward the sale. And like that's this like like where like people like need to get to of this point of like certainty and confidence in what you're offering to the market to where like you don't need to push people and you just like can let them put yourself out there, have the conversation, then really like let them come to you in a sense. I know that sounds kind of crazy, but like it's like so many people are just like pushing and they're trying to like push deals through and they're trying to like figure out how to get the close. Um, but like one of the biggest things that I do is like at the start of a call of any sales call, like I just flip it on its head and I say like, hey, you know, on these calls, what I'm really just looking to do is evaluate, is this going to be a good fit? Like I just, you know, our service, we've got a 30 day money back guarantee. And um, we offer that by being really picky about who we sign as customers. And so I really just want to like learn more about your business, see if this will be a good fit. And then I can share more about how we work. And so that's, that's like basically my opening for every call. And like, it's true and it's honest and like, we'll turn people away if like, they're not a good fit. Um, and so there's like nothing like, it's not like I'm trying to be manipulative, but it's, it's interesting because when you, you get into that mindset of, I'm not trying to sell people, but I'm trying to just find people that are a fit that I can help. Mm -hmm. Then like you, and you frame the call in that way, like it just will totally change the context, um, and put you in control of it in a lot of ways. Sudden, and like and a lot of times it gets them justifying like why they're a good fit for you. It, it just totally changes everything around. Um, and it puts you in control of really, are they going to be a fit or not? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that no, that's really, that's a really interesting one because you're absolutely right. At, at, at you, you're offering a service and it needs to be a right fit because along the way, like you said, you, you can offer the 30-day guarantee, but it's best to sort of qualify the person in advance. They know what to expect. You know what to expect. And it's just a, a better relationship moving forward. Yeah. Like I like if you do not have a money back guarantee on your service mm -hmm. and you're doing any sort of sort of marketing, like you need to you need to put one in place right away. <laughs> like you just have to do it. And people will be like, well, what if people take it? And they will, like some people will, we have maybe one or two a quarter that take it and it sucks. But what it does is it forces you to sell with integrity. Like it forces you to only pull people on that are not a good fit. And like, you'll turn people away if you're like, oh man, like if I sign them, like we're probably not going to do that great and they won't be happy. And then you just turn them away instead of bringing them on. And like, it, it forces integrity versus like you just being like, oh, well, like, you know, maybe like they'll get some value out of it. But like, really, they'll probably just like, you know, churn off after like a month or two. Like, if you don't have a guarantee, you can do that and be like motivated for that short little burst of cash or whatnot. But like, you can't do that with a guarantee. Like, it, it really forces you to align interest when you put that in place. Yeah, no, exactly. And I think you get better quality clients for that. And, you know... I'm I'm sure there's, you know, there's a certain level of, of churn, but, you know, at the end of the day, there might be some people that, you know, start with your strategy at Lead Cookie and, and potentially stop for a while and then come back because they've had a good service, right? Rather than, you know, feeling like they're, they're put in a position where they're just uncomfortable, really. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like, 
you know, we, we have, we have, we actually gave a refund today. Like I said, we only do like probably one or two a quarter, but it was a guy that we just missed the mark whenever I qualified him. Apparently doctors and like small healthcare businesses are not active on LinkedIn. <laughs> we yes. hadn't run a campaign to that niche. And like, so we just have this hard learning, but like, you know, I don't like if I didn't do a guarantee, it's like, okay, I could have just charged this guy $3,000 and he would have gotten nothing. Like it was like, we got him like nothing. And I'm like, no, like this is a learning for us. Now we know not to sign people that are targeting small healthcare businesses. Like it's, you know, and it's like, it's not his fault and he shouldn't be paying that because I made the mistake of thinking that we were going to succeed for him and we didn't. So it's just really important to have that in place. And it, it will increase your close rates by so much because of all the things I just mentioned and that like risk reversal on people as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think integrity is so important. I mean, at Mixboom, we've been in the same situations where at time it just felt like, you know, we had a good kickoff call, we could help the client. And then at some point you sort of hit a, a roadblock and it's about, you know, just at the end of the day, you're offering a service, but it has to has val have value for your client, you know? So that's what, that's what it is. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cool, cool. And we've mentioned Alex a lot on, uh, you know, on, on this chat. And I'd be interested, at the exception of Alex, any other person that has, you know, inspired you, has been, you know, a great reference for your career? Yeah, I definitely have followed a lot of Russ Perry stuff. I have not worked with him in any of his coaching programs or anything like that. But um, I followed a lot of his content and he introduced me to Wake Up Warrior, which is a program... Um, actually for guys specifically, but it is a really interesting like personal development um, program and everything there as well. So those are two things that have been really helpful um, for me in terms of like, just kind of like people that I follow and whatnot. Um, and then I follow all like Seth Godin, just like stuff, everything he does. So um, yeah, those are some of the ones that come to mind there. Yeah, yeah. For those who don't know, I guess Russ Perry is um, the founder of Design Pickle. And yeah, you're right. He, he has a really interesting story. So definitely worth uh, checking out. Um, and I guess last question would be, you know, what's the most influential, I guess, book that you've read recently that you'd like to share with the audience? Mm, the most influential one recently. So I'll, I'll first drop just like the the one that I always drop all of, like, if you haven't read it, How to Win Friends and Influence People is like a classic um, that helps anyone improve their people skills. And uh, so that is just a classic. I'm trying to think of recent ones that I have read. Actually, Expert Secrets by Russell Brunson. He's one of the, he's a creator of ClickFunnels. And even though I don't use ClickFunnels and I'm not totally on board with the whole... Um, I don't know. I think they have like a the whole internet marketing like sell courses online promises a little a little well over the top. But like the book was actually like I, I listened to it twice because like it it gets um, it's it's not a, it's basically for like if you want to become like a thought leader or an expert in something, it is very much about like the psychology of like building like a cult following of people around you. And that is like, there's just a ton of really good stuff with that. And so if you're trying to rise as a thought leader, be recognized as an expert in a space, um, Expert Secrets by Russell Brunson is a, uh, a super good one that I just got a ton out of and was actually just surprised me I th uh, when I actually read through it. It was, it was even better than I thought it was going to be. So that was one I would say for anyone in that thought leadership space, I would recommend. 
Awesome. I'll definitely add that to uh, to my to read list. And in terms of podcast, anything to recommend? Obviously, there's there's yours that I do follow regularly. So working without pants. Uh, but anything else that you would recommend our audience to check out? Um. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> my the the podcast that I'm currently like listening to, I guess, uh, Akimbo by Seth Godin is one that he put out, which I, th- I think has been really good. And then. Um, one that I listen to that is not really business related. It's kind of more philosophy, um, I guess, like uh, psychology. Really powerful regardless um, is uh, by a guy named Jordan B. Peterson. I think it's just like the Jordan B. Peterson podcast, but really phenomenal guy. Has some incredible stuff there and just like psychology and life and things. And it's very applicable to business as well of like diving in and learning that kind of stuff. So Cool. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for all these tips, really. Like, thank you for taking the time to chat with us. And then if uh, people wanted to learn more about you uh, and your work, where where can they find that out? Yeah. So um, for Lead Cookie, everything there, if you're interested in our services, we have leadcookie.com, which is done for you LinkedIn lead generation. And we have our 30-day money-back guarantee. And then um, for my own blog, uh, like I said, I blog and podcast weekly, jake-jorgovan.com, or just try to put that in Google. It's a J-O-R-G-O-V-A-N uh, for that last name. So Perfect. that's the spot. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jake. Thanks for having me on here, Mayan. Thanks.